Hello and welcome to the first of its kind podcast, The Double Switch. I am one of your hosts, Bernie Thrasher, along with my co-host. Ryan Vickers, it's great to be here. Mr. Ryan Vickers, we're finally doing it. How's it feel? We are finally doing it. The long overdue talked about podcast. Here it is. It's all coming together. I think, uh, I think Ryan, you should probably kick it off by just kind of giving an idea of why we're starting this and, and what the idea is behind it. So yeah, so when I looked out at uh, all the podcasts out there, especially on baseball, there isn't one that just talks about baseball in a casual way. There's uh, the ESPN podcast. It's very you know straightforward. And then there are the nerd deep dive stat podcast. But I didn't feel like there was anything that just kind of talked about day-to-day casual things that happen in baseball. So I thought it'd be kind of good to you know, bring up stuff that maybe some fans care about, maybe some fans don't. Yeah, and I think that like you can kind of almost encompass it with like like baseball is fun and like yeah, there's a lot of fun elements to baseball and a lot of like really interesting elements to baseball. And I feel like for whatever weird reason, lately baseball like the it's almost like the the Billy Bean stats revolution has turned baseball into this game that we can measure. And once it became that, and everybody just tried to like kind of hack you know like the code. It, it, it got less magical and less fun. Exactly. And that's that's all everybody talks about now is right. numbers, numbers, numbers. But it's like there's so much that happens in baseball beyond numbers, just what baseball was built on. Totally. So that's the hope of this. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, either way, we will have a blast. <laughs> so, One way or another, someone will enjoy this. Someone, yes, even if it's us and... Even if it's uh, just us. <laughs> uh, news of the day uh, Yasiel Puig signs with the Braves uh, still the Atlanta Braves but now with no more tomahawk chop which is no more tomahawk chop uh, I love the number of half measures in sports it's hilarious like no 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 it's racist but you know we're not gonna but. just change everything it's like it either you know. is or it isn't I mean <laughs> I imagine unless you're a Braves fan you don't like the tomahawk chop. Anytime we'd watch a game that they play, uh, you just hear that over it's and over. It's constant. And over. So, on a non-racist level, I'm just excited not to hear it anymore. <laughs> Which is, you know, sometimes we've got to talk about the non-racist levels of baseball, right? <laughs> uh, Puig, dude, how do you feel about Puig to the, Puig to the Braves, man? I mean, the wild horse, you know, uh, I have a soft spot for Puig. He's got a bad rep uh, for him in the dugout. So it will be interesting to see, like, does he go in with Acuna and it's fantastic? Or does he go in and kind of break up the chemistry that the Braves have? Right. I definitely, like, the first, I was like, so I'm, I'm also a Puig lover, full disclosure. Uh, and I obviously, I just love, like, that Puig signed with a team that's, like, going to compete. Like, that was my number one. But then, like, I had a buddy Absolutely. basically point out, he was like, dude, Puig plus Acuna is like, he's like, this is how we make baseball fun again, you know? And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Like, that's going to be such a fun outfield pairing. Like I, I, like, I feel like that is the joy. That, like, baseball needs that, you know? Absolutely. I mean, there was rumors that he was going to st- uh, sign with the Orioles, which, you know. I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine anybody in baseball was excited about that notion. I mean, th- so this, this guy, but nobody. Oh, else. well. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. You mean the Orioles only... fans living in Los Angeles who happen to be huge Puig fans? <laughs> like I said, I, I can't imagine anybody 
I know I am, was excited. I am the Venn diagram center <laughs> of that, and I am the only one. <laughs> well, it's exciting to see him on a team that will probably compete. Orioles are still about 10, 12 years away. Oh my god. Ugh. Can we is this do we have time even in this podcast to get into how badly they blew the draft? Probably not. Probably Holy not. Holy crap. Well, another a future episode. We're just gonna have an Orioles shame corner. <laughs> I'll just oof, bring it up. Oof, that'll take. We could do a whole episode. A whole episode for that. I know, I really could. So I uh, wanted to bring this up. Ryan is is not aware of this story, but I, I was reading the athletic and there is this hilarious story. Well, hilarious is kind of the wrong tone, but there is a story <laughs> that this pandemic is suing that pandemic, this paramedic <laughs> is suing the Astros <laughs> because in 2019 in the ALCS, a foul ball hit him in the eye and he is claiming that basically the reason why the net did not extend out to his area because he's working the game, right? He's not a fan. Yep, it did not yep. extend out to his area. He's claiming it's in order to directly facilitate the Astros cheating. Their their whole sign stealing scheme. Oh, so the 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 netting would have blocked their ability to steal signs. That's his claim. And this is obviously like when you first hear this lawsuit, you're like, well, basically there's a precedent that like when you walk into a baseball stadium, you are accepting fly ball risk. That's kind of like baked in. People have lost lawsuits. Yeah, well, in the we, past thought, that. we thought we thought. It was baked in. It doesn't seem to be anymore, but we thought it was baked in. And he's claiming that the only reason they didn't follow suit with everybody else to extend it is so they could steal signs. Right. But what I think is interesting is he's claiming this based off game two of the ALCS 2019, not 2017, the year that they got, quote, busted. Uh, they they technically are busted for 2017, 18, and 19. Oh, really? They got busted for all three years, yeah. I thought it was one of those things where we all assumed it was all three years, but they could only like prove they've done, 2017. They've done all three years. It's been oh. stated. So. Okay, well then that's a little less interesting, but still kind of awesome that the Astros are getting sued over this. Yeah, but what is not awesome is that we have a pandemic, so we can't be in the... F- the stands to boo the Astros. That's for the, the entire season part of the 2020s. Like no question. Like of all the like players losing salaries, you know, hot dog vendors losing their jobs. Like no, no, no. We deserved to show up to these games and boo the ever living crap out of these Astros. After they mishandled their apology, the owner mishandled the apology. After they claim their 2017 World Series is still valid, after it wasn't taken from them, even though it was proven they cheated the entire 2017 and through the postseason, they now don't get their 2020 season filled with booze. And let's get into what's exciting. What is exciting, Bernie? Baseball is back. Yes. <laughs> Ish. 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 I'm ready, man. I, I really too, because the NFL got its shit together before baseball did, and I was like, man, we're not even going to get baseball until, like, or excuse me, the NBA got its shit together before baseball, and I was like, crap, oh, I'm yeah. not going to get yeah. baseball until I'm, I'm going to be so into basketball, I'm not even going to be thinking about baseball, but baseball's coming first. It's baseball's coming, coming first, barely. The owners, uh, if it were up to the owners, they would have probably just not done it because they don't want to pay for 10 more games. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we lost 102 games to make this season happen. 
But hey, we got 60 games out of it. It'll be an interesting experiment to see if it works. Um, let me, you know, let me, the question becomes, do teams that are supposed to or normally do good, do good? Right? Like, you got to think, right now we would be uh, all-star break. So all-star break, all-star game would be a Dodger Stadium right now, right down the street. That's not happening. Uh, instead, we are waiting for the season to start. But you got to think, what do we normally wait for, right? All-star break to determine, like, hey, where does the team really stand? Right, and, like, all right, who's actually hitting home runs this year? <laughs> yep, yep. Who's actually going to do good this year? Like, we got to wait till the all-star break. Yeah, that's that's kind of the – because baseball is such a game of, of, average, of averages in that, like – Correct. Sure, you went four for four today, but if you go zero oh for four the next five days, you suck. So yeah. you wait till the All Star break to be like, okay, cool. Who just had a streak and who's actually good? And we so get we'll that. be we just get these early. Yeah, it'll be interesting streaks. to see. We're basically in the sprint to playoffs, which is awesome. I will, I will, I want to say like I am, <laughs> I am such a fan of this. And we're gonna go back and forth on whether or not which one of us is a baseball baseball purist about what. But I am the opposite of a purist when it comes to number of games played. I think a sprint is so much more entertaining than a marathon. Um, I mean, I'm its purist to to a a, a pretty high level. Uh, mm-hmm. I want players to run into catchers. I don't want the yeah, Chase Utley rule at second base. Me too. Um, you know, I want to be able to peg batters when they do something wrong. Um, but you know, when it comes to the length of games, like, while I don't want a 60-game season, I'd be okay with if they shaved off, like, 30 games, maybe 40 games. Just because, at the end of the day, you know, we get, we all get so excited for opening day. Like, can't wait, can't wait. Our team wins, our team loses, all this stuff. Oh, our team's on a 10-game winning streak. It's like, at the end of the day, those first, you know, 40 games don't matter. Right. Like you can almost get yourself out of any hole all the way up to All Star break, as long as you're within striking distance. You're within ten games. You you know, after All Star break, you can you can make it. It's make it's it it's just in. like it's an old school like train chase. <laughs> it's correct. Like, correct. It's not that it's not a chase, but like let's let's we got to speed it's it up. It's a marathon. It's a marathon that people are taking their time, chugging along, and then at the end they're like, oh, we're racing. Let's uh, let's put our foot on the gas. So right. Well, and it is interesting too because if you kind of think about it, it's like the things that make you successful during the regular season are not necessarily what leads to a great postseason. And I think no, that not at all. I don't know. I just feel like it's it's like for me for my money. I think that generally speaking, the team with like one or two really top flight starters wins every postseason series. But during the regular season, because starters break down so much, it's so much more about your offense and uh, your bullpen. You know, and your well, let's say more. It's well, more about your yeah. depth. Absolutely, so especially when it comes to playoffs and, and five game series. You got to think. Right. You know, congrats to the Nationals for winning uh, uh, the World Series last year. I accept nothing against the Nationals. I think they're a great franchise. But you know, had we faced them in a seven game series versus a five game series. No way they would have lasted. Like no way, you know that. Yeah, that's a team built perfectly for a five-game series. Totally. You know? well, yeah, I mean, yeah, even even arguably a seven-game series with the addition of um, oh, who's their number three starter? Uh, the dude from they got from Arizona. Who did they get? 
They gave him like a hundred million dollars. I thought it was the best signing. Patrick Corbin. Oh, and he did he did great. I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that but that team is that team literally like for all the great hitting that they have, and they have great hitting. They won the playoffs, let's be very clear, because they had Scherzer, Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin. Like that those three, like one hundred percent. One hundred percent. And it's like, I mean, look, look me in the eye and tell me that they got to the playoffs because of those three guys. Like, you can't do it. You can't be like, yeah, if, you know, Scherzer really carried them that last hundred games. Like, no, he didn't. Like, it's it's no, offense. It's you know, it's strategy. It's whatever. I, I'm surprised those guys will ever be able to play a game again in their life with how much they use those guys. You know, yeah. they 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 were playing like old school baseball players. There, they pitched more than they've probably ever pitched in their entire career. Well, you saw Scherzer start to kind of break down towards the end of the season, and yeah. then really—I mean, during the playoffs, I think it was—did he have like a start? There was something where he was gutting it through an injury. Oh, he had the neck thing again. That's what it was. He always has neck that neck thing. thing. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, no. So the, the new season shorter, which is, in my opinion, great. Uh, do you think it'll happen though, Bernie? Do you think it'll happen? That's the big question, right? There's been testing failures. Uh, teams have had to delay practice. We've had players opting out. Do we think, uh, what is it, one week from tomorrow oh, it's so good. that the season will happen? I, I really do, and I don't have any like insider or logical reason for it. I'm just like, dude, we're at the point. We're doing this. Like Basketball is coming back, allegedly. It's just... I, I, it's weird to explain. In my head, I'm like, there's just too much money and too much momentum happening right now for them to not, like, come back for, like, two games and then see what happens. Yeah, and the big thing baseball is going for them is they have the the 60-player 60 60 pool, right? So basketball I'm more concerned about, even though they're playing in a bubble, uh, LeBron James, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard, they get sick. What, they're out for, for two weeks? Yeah, and they're the playing. Yeah, they're playing an accelerated season. I think they're playing eight games of the regular season and then going to playoffs. So if you get sick during that season, that's it. You're 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 done for. So with baseball, we do have the 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 larger roster going for us, but I don't know. Uh, they also are traveling more. They're yeah. they're free to stay wherever they want, their home or a hotel. I you know. I just think that, I mean, like. I feel like if you take into account the num I don't know how to say it. I feel like baseball overall, you have a large class of people because of the way that the collective bargaining agreement works with like the young guys where they like intentionally have these incredibly depressed salaries. You have this large class of players that like just they don't have a lot of money. Like they don't have a lot to lose or True. they don't have a lot to, to lose from not playing basically yeah well i mean you've got you know how many how many people we have opting out so far in baseball you know big names yeah you know ian desmond david price mike leak ryan zimmerman buster posey i mean these aren't nobodies who are opting out uh, posey was for me the biggest posey and price were the two biggest ones that i heard well, Ian Desmond for the Rockies. I mean, that's a that's a huge hit to the Rockies. I don't know, you know. If, dude. I mean, if you want to get into it, I think the Rockies a never should have signed Ian Desmond, and b needed to trade or cut Ian Desmond a year ago. 
Well, I don't think the Rockies should be a team in general, but you know. they just like there. There's no team that's better at accumulating talent and then refusing to let it play uh. baseball. It's amazing. You go on a list of like fantasy baseball sleeper players or like top prospects or whatever. It is top to bottom loaded with Rockies players that are like, mm-hmm. if they finally call him up from the minors, he's been ready for two years now. He's a stud, and it's it's top to bottom. It's hilarious. Yep. They are, uh, they are, they're a rough one. I don't think they're going to make it very far this year. Which brings us to the next point: Who's your surprise playoff team? Who's my surprise playoff team? I yeah. have been kind of thinking about this because there's surprises, and then there's like I think these guys are going to do really well surprises. So I would say the team, the team that I've kind of heard people talk about that I I think I like the most in terms of these surprise team, just like I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. Is the Reds? Uh, I think the Reds. Yeah, they're are, not. Uh, I don't know if they're much of a surprise though. They've been really trying for the past. Oh, then my non-surprise surprise seems going to be really couple obvious. Years. <laughs> no, I mean I, I agree they would be a surprise, but I do feel like their organization has put some effort into attempting to make themselves better. Right. That. Well, I guess that's that was what I was getting at. Was I loved what they've done with their pitching staff? I think a lot of their really good yeah. minor leaguers are kind of ready to go right now. Um, and I think that like a lot of their a lot of their good players are very underrated, and yep. a lot of yep. their older good players are still like like I think about like a Joey Votto where I'm like, all right, this dude is was born eighty three, so he's like thirty seven right now, and he's like their aging star. But like what he does well. He can still be really good at when he's old. Like I like Votto oh, because he is just a, a baseball savant. Like he's a fucking genius. And as much as like you need bat speed or you're never gonna be great, like if there's one guy who doesn't need it as much as everyone else, it's Joey fucking Votto. Um and then you look at like all the I mean Eugenio Suarez is there like is in my opinion like a perennial all-star third baseman that people don't talk about because they play in bumfuck Cincinnati. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like they have yep, yep. really really good offensive pieces, right? They just added Nick Castellanos, which is like everybody's favorite sleeper oh, player. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love personally huge Trevor Bauer fan. I think he is well, awesome. I think um, Trevor Bauer is is fantastic, and has always just been at the. I don't know. I don't know if I'd say wrong team, but I kind of feel like has always been on the wrong team. He, you know, the Indians were the right team. I actually thought. Um, yeah, the, he started off. He, he started off his career with the Diamondbacks, and the Diamondbacks were for sure the wrong team. Um, I didn't, Diamondbacks will always be the wrong team. No, dude, they oh, they blow talent. It's bad, but the, them and the Padres, you know, they'll they'll do it together. Oh, yeah. The Padres are yeah, that's another day. Um, but I like that. And the other thing that I sorry, let me just jump on this real quick. The yeah. um, the one other thing that I really like about the Reds. So like I, I I've been really looking at like the schedule basically this year of like all right like. Who's going to surprise us in, and in which way? And I love NL East hitters because I'm like, oh, well, they're playing all these AL East ballparks, which are like Little League stadiums now, right? So you've got like everyone on the Phillies who like last year underperforms offensively. Like, well, they're going to be amazing on offense this year because they're playing, you know, half their games in Baltimore, oh, New York, Boston, right? Good point. And good then I look point. at the NL Central, right? And I go, okay, because the Central is kind of the area where actually all the teams are really shitty, right? It's like... The Cubs are underperformers. The Brewers are pretty good. Yes, they are. And in the AL, the Twins are good. And, like, the White Sox, like, 
have a lot of talent, you know. But that's, White Sox are trying. They're trying. They're trying, and they have so much young talent. Which like I'm a huge like young talent fan, so like I know like everybody's name on the White Sox, and I love what they're doing. But like they're not there yet. You know what I mean? They're like no, the Cubs no, in no. 2015, right? You know Wait, their they, names. They signed Yasmani in the offseason, right? They, they signed Yasmani, the best pitch framer in baseball, who's going to make all their pitchers way better. And they already had a oh, yeah. bunch of great young pitchers. They're, I mean, their hitting yeah. is like the fucking best. And they signed, uh, they signed a pitcher as well. Can yeah, we yeah, they signed Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. I know the names. So I, anyway, so 20, so the point. Twenty seventeen Astros to bring it back around. All the way back. He wasn't good in twenty seventeen <laughs> though, so we'll give him a pass. No, so all of which is to say that I look at the NL Central er, and the NL and the AL Central really as like really winnable divisions if you are surprisingly good. And I also look at that as a good division if, like, basically I look at the Reds and I say they've got really great top ten, top tier pitching, right? They've got Trevor Bauer and they've got Luis Castillo, who normally, and let's add in Sonny Gray for the argument's sake. Normally, they're kind of like, oh, they'll be fine, but they play in that really, really bad home park. But all the AL Central home ballparks are really, really good pitching parks. So then I'm like, well, shit, their top-tier starters are going to be, like, even better as well, in my opinion. Again, you know, this is, this is the fantasy baseball brain in me. So I'm, like, looking <laughs> at that Reds team, and I'm going, I think the Reds will be my surprise playoff team. Maybe the wild card. I still think that, like, the, I mean, the Brewers are just a wagon. Like, they're just a phenomenal team. I think the Brewers will probably still win it, but I could see the Cardinals, or excuse me, I could see the Reds getting that first wild card in the NL. Yeah, I don't. I you know honestly, I haven't thought about it enough to think who will be good in a shortened format. Because mm-hmm. there's teams on paper that should be good. There's of course the ones we expect to be good. But I, I'm kind of waiting for the season to to really form together, so we know what rosters are. We know who really is playing. Uh, you know, I, I hate to give a late prediction, but I think I'll give my prediction on opening day. Fair enough. I think that's when the I, coward's I, way out. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It really is a coward's way out. But because all my picks right now are not surprises, there's there's nothing that's a surprise. I, w- I would say that like if you're thinking about it, I, I think that there's kind of two camps. You can either say like certain teams will act the way that they act, the way that we know that they act, right? Like we know who the Cubs are, right? They might be a little bit better. They might be a little bit worse. We know who the Cubs are. I don't think the Cubs are going to be very good this year. I, I don't either. Um, but then you have other teams where it's like I, I look at teams that like kind of make swings, right? Where it's either like they signed some free agents, they made some trades, or they're adding yep. in some young talent. And you say to yourself, and so this is the other camp. It's like, are they gonna be? Are, is what they're trying to do gonna gel or gonna work? And so when I think of that, I think of like the Phillies, the Padres. Maybe the Rockies in terms of like the young talent that they call up. Maybe honestly, even this year, the the Dodgers because they, it does look like we're getting a couple of young guys coming up, like Gavin Lux and Dustin this, this, May, and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, the pitcher um, Urias. Urias is finally going to get. Oh yeah, we'll. Uh, you know, so it's like that's we'll, we'll, that's kind of the second camp. It's like okay, cool. Do we think yeah. this is going to work? Because like we saw with the Phillies last year, like when it doesn't work, it's over. You know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, at least they're not tied in for 13 years with a single player. Uh, I actually do. I mean, we can talk about this later, but I actually really like think Bryce Harper gets a lot more hate than he deserves. Yeah, uh, you know, the funny part is when you actually look at Bryce Harper's, uh, you know, AAV, 
he's being paid correctly. The problem is, 10 years from now, I don't think he'll be paid correctly. Unless salary cap goes up, money's worth less, blah, blah, blah. Then maybe it, it still averages out. Uh, I just think you can't sign any player to, to 10 plus years. Well, I think 10 years is the max I would give anybody. Let, let's get into this. I mean, I think that... You, I think you have to look at it from a business standpoint when it comes to guys like Bryce Harper. I think that there are a handful of guys in baseball who are names, right? Like that same offseason, it's Bryce Harper and it's Manny Machado, right? Who's the better baseball player? Well, uh, here's what I would say. Raw talent, Manny Machado. Right. But here's the problem. Manny Machado doesn't doesn't do anything with that raw talent except for let that raw talent you know, uh, work. If, if Manny Machado actually played like Chase Utley played, right? Like had the work ethic of, of Chase Utley. Hey, I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of him on the Phillies uh, when he became a Dodger. Is he still you know, a Dodger? But he also he went to retired. UCLA. He retired, but he works for the Dodgers now. Nice. Um, but the guy is a, is, a, is a nose of the grindstone, old school baseball player. But it's like he's as good as he was because he worked at it. He worked at it. He put in the, the, the time. He he went to the gym. He, he spent the time in the batting cages. He did the work that he needed to do to maintain the level that he played at for, gosh, however many years he played. Okay. So Whereas you look at Manny Machado, right? If he put that time in, man, that guy would be an all-timer. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm not going to comment, I guess, on like what Manny's work ethic is just because like, I haven't really looked into that. I mean, you can just capacity. look at the way he runs a first base. Oh come on, don't even. Okay, hey, so, no. So let me let me. You can look at the way he runs the bases. You can look at the way he swings when he doesn't care. Let me get into my let me get into my actual point. Because <laughs> yep, yep. now we're on a fucking tangent. Uh, no, no. We are on a what I was trying to get tangent. at was that objectively, in my opinion, Manny Machado is a better player than Bryce Harper. I love Bryce Harper. I love Manny Machado. I think Manny plays defense much better. I think that Manny's consistently hits for a better average. I think Bryce Harper had one season of better power, but overall Manny has better power. Um, when he wanted to steal bases, Manny stole more bases. All of which is to say, Bryce Harper's still worth more money than Manny because Manny Machado's just not a name that's going to bring people to a stadium. Like, it's just like, and I love Manny Machado. And I'm an Orioles Manny fan. Manny Machado will bring just as many people as Bryce Harper. You're out of your mind if you think that. You're out of your mind. Bryce Harper's... Dude, I probably am. Bryce Harper's a name. That's this, So this is my point. My point is that you give Bryce that contract because Bryce Harper is a name that will bring asses to the seat. I, I understand that. I also just don't think the Phillies need a name to bring people to their ballpark. Padres need a name to bring people to their ballpark. Phillies are the Phillies. You know, really? like <laughs> You're the Phillies. You, you, you're in Philadelphia. You're gonna, you have the most you know, uh, enthusiastic fan base of all sports. And, and you want to tell me that you need to bring in a name to bring people to the ballpark? I mean, maybe you'll sell more jerseys. I'll give you that much. But yeah. I, I, I hung out with a Phillies fan on opening day going from way to go fucking Harbor to, you know, get out of town, you bum. It's <laughs> like they don't, they don't, you know. Yeah, well, Phillies fans are Phillies fans. But I'm glad you brought up Phillies. the Phillies, even though I sort of brought up the Phillies, because they are my other surprise team. I wouldn't say that they're a surprise playoff team. Like, I don't think it's far-fetched to think they can make the playoffs but i think they're gonna they're my surprise world series team uh girardi right yeah yeah all right i think they have a chance i buy i buy new manager i think that we all knew i think that the talent was always there 
I want to see if year two, they kind of figure out a better way to use it because they were definitely one of those teams that was less than the sum of their parts last season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plus, you know, they had some injuries that held them back as well. So, but I, I also think that, that, uh, that coach, um, who was a member of the Dodgers organization, so I can't say too much bad about him, but I think Gabe Kapler is just not ready to be a manager yet. You know, the guy's great in player development, um, but I don't think making decisions on the field the way managers do, I don't think he's ready. Which is why I'm excited he's a Giants manager. <laughs> because I, I despise the Giants. We're an anti-Giants podcast, I think. We're not both Dodgers yeah. fans, but I think we, we both are against the Dodgers. Or, excuse, wow, yeah. holy shit. Opposite Whoa, Dodgers. there we go. We're not both Dodgers fans, but I think we're both against the Giants. Correct, correct. Well, we are both against Giants. All right. So we've got off on our tangents. We've got all over the place, which is great. That's what this is about. But let's let's dive into some of the uniqueness of this season. So you know the playoff format hasn't changed. Still the same. Two wild card teams. All that good stuff. But let's talk about the new rules, right? Like we have the rule that we all knew: uh, a pitcher must face three batters before great they rule. can be pulled out. Great rule. You like that rule? Love it. What do you think about that rule when you think about uh, pitchers that have been specialists that now their uh, use in the league or their role in the league, their value in the league, let's let's even put it more, has been reduced, right? Like, uh, oh, man, I'm going to forget his name now. We have our left-handed specialist on the Dodgers, guy from Tampa, Tampa Bay. We bring him in for one batter. Get him every time. Now the guy's got to face right-handed batters, but he's a left-handed specialist. Poor guy. Like, but do you understand what I'm saying? You, right? But yes, I understand the value. So, go ahead. Don't you think it should be a pitch count more than it should be a batter count? No. 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 So, or a hit count? No. Batter count. So here's here here. I think pitch count. I go pitch count. I'm so anti-pitch count because you can just you can just stoke out the pitches. It's the same thing. Just, just keep throwing off. Guess it's true. Guess it's true. I think that uh, for me, it, it, it's kind of like I love baseball, but we need to not make it so goddamn like unwatchable on television. And I'm not saying boring. I'm saying unwatchable on television. And so I think it's like all this shit of like you have, you know, a specialist comes in, go to commercial. Next specialist comes in, go to commercial for one batter. That's part of it, right? That's not the whole argument, but that's part of it. I like the idea of baseball players that have to be baseball players. Like, I like the idea of, and we'll get into this later with the DH, but I like yep. the idea of pitching. pitchers have to hit, too. Like, everybody plays the field, everybody hits. I like that idea of we're not just, like, bringing in a specialist to do one thing. Like, every everybody's out there on the field. Everybody's a baseball player. And so, yep. basically, because of that, I like the idea of, like, you can't just, like, micromanage you know, each individual batter. You actually have to keep the game to have some sense of, like, continuity, frankly. I mean, I understand. I think I would have rather had a pitch change limit per inning than a batter minimum, right? And and mm. here's my argument. Uh, you've got the whole argument that baseball's slow, right? If you look on average, the average football game runs significantly longer right. than a baseball game. And, but Baseball I think, but, actually, no, but, 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 but let me let me stop you right there. I don't think that like you're allowed to compare it to how slow football games are on TV and say that see it's not that bad. Like football games on TV are fucking ridiculous with their commercials. Like let's 
That's what I'm saying. They run endless commercials. So bar to clear. But that's my point, right? So when people say, "Oh, baseball's too slow," no, the the I think there are other things you can do in baseball that can make it more exciting than worry about its its speed of baseball. But I just think you could have done something where it's like, "Hey, you're only allowed two pitcher changes per inning," or you know, whatever it may be. But to to limit it to to three, you know, again. I think it's something that will help the game at the end of the day, uh, because when you get pitcher or uh, managers like Dave Roberts, uh, Joe Madden, these guys that will micromanage and switch pitchers after every batter, sometimes some in innings, batters, or excuse me, sometimes multiple multiple times, same batter, yeah, correct. It's like it does get a little slow. Um, again, out of the new rules that are coming in this season, this is uh, ranks. Uh, very low on my hate list. Like, <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely not the worst rule, and I, I would say that like I see what you're saying. Like, what are you going to do with certain specialists or whatever? But like the reality is like it's like anything in life. Like we got to adapt, we got to change, we got to keep running forward, we got to we got to keep moving faster. You know. But other yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, other rules. I mean, like what's what's your hate rule? It's got it's got to be it's got to be the extra inning second base rule, right? Absolutely. So you know the. The extra innings, player starts in second. I mean, seriously, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I I understand that that. Uh, and here's the thing. As a fan, extra innings get rough. Uh, as someone who goes to quite a few games every every year, that when uh, I'm sitting there and it's eleventh, twelfth inning. Like, yeah, it gets a little hard sometimes to hang out in the, the stands, especially on, like, a Wednesday night uh, when concessions are closed, That's the beer worst. is closed, and you're just hoping. they they got to keep the ice cream. Like, they got to keep the Dippin' Dots open right? for extras. It's just like, dude, we're here. But, <laughs> so that's my argument, right? Like, here's why I think this rule is occurring. I don't think it's occurring because they actually care about the fans and are like, hey, let's make it more exciting. I think it's occurring because the owners close beer in concessions. That's a real so anybody, you know, anybody in the game they can't spend any more money. So all extra innings are doing are costing owners more money, more power. You know, more, more like paying all the employees that are still there, paying everybody, and they aren't making a dime out of it. That's true, right? And then also, I bet advertising on the the the, the TV channels. I bet they're upset about it. I think this rule, it's it's born out of money. That's that's my opinion. More money. Yeah, I. But uh, I would I would be okay with this rule if you said, hey, uh, uh, starting in the twelfth inning, this occurs, right? So you're like, okay, I get it. <laughs> you're like, you're done with overtime. Yeah, I, I don't mind get, it. You you know what, man? It's it's. Uh, I love that theory. I've never thought of it that way. But I do like what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> I just think I just think it's a it's a, a silly rule. But hey, if you're going to test something out, test it out in the the sixty game season. Why not? You know, because it's it's not here to stay. It's a it's one it's that they're temporary. trialing now. I like that. The the rule I think that is going to stay. Yeah, it will. National League DH. Yeah, it's finally here. You know. The, uh, AL the darkest hits more every, every year. 
but you got to think going back to uh, your Reds, Joey Votto, right? Like, Reds. guy's getting old. He's on first base. Let me tell the guy's you still the a Joey great Votto hitter. Can't play first. But my <laughs> point is, get out. this the one thing this does that I do like is it now puts the National League in contention for a lot of these players that they would steer clear of with these longer contracts because they're like, hey, this dude can't play outfield for 10 more years. That's true. This guy can't play this. I mean, I'll tell you right now in the Dodgers, you know who they're going to re-sign to be their DH? Muncy? Justin Turner. Justin Turner, your boy. Justin Turner is fantastic. One of the best hitters in baseball. But he can't play third for, you know, they're starting to look. 84, he's 36 years old. Yeah, but, you know, starting to move slower. They're going to look. They're going to start looking for that younger replacement. But the guy, still one of the best hitters there is. There's his place. He doesn't have to go to an AL team. You know, it's like we lost all these great players because they go to AL teams. You know, we lost uh, 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 Otani a chance to sign him because he... He you wanted know, to hit and he, he wanted, wanted to, to go to an AL team. And so it's like, I do enjoy the fact that it levels the playing field, right? It's always silly that two leagues don't play, or two divisions don't play the same rule. Like, well, I mean, baseball, it's, I mean, if you want to really get into it, baseball is silly. Like, everything 100%. about baseball is so silly. That's what's funny yeah, when there's a cheating scandal. It's like, I'm upset too, but we're all aware that baseball has a long and storied history of people cheating, right? Like it's absolutely it's part absolutely. of the sport in the weirdest way. You know, but uh, I know the purists will be mad at me, but I I think the DH, unfortunately, as much as I was resistant as long as I could be, I think it's time that it happened. So let me let me propose something, and I. I came into this podcast really thinking that I was going to defend the NL. And by the way, I'm an AL guy. I'm, I grew up an Orioles fan. As far as I'm concerned, the AL East, those are the four most storied franchises, five most storied franchises in baseball, and every other, every other franchise can go screw. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was not, but I was really like, I'm kind of a bit of a purist. And as I like referenced like 10 minutes ago, I was just like, listen, man, if you're a ball player, you play the field, you bat, you're a ball player. But I, I'm kind of with you in many – like the more I was thinking about like kind of the pace of play type stuff that we were talking about with, you know, with the pitching, I was kind of like, you know, instead of a universal DH, what if eight guys bat and a pitcher? That way everybody who's playing the field has to bat, right? There's no – like I, I just love the idea that like – how do I put it? Batting is su- batting and pitching are such like specific skills, very very specific. And I love the idea of a professional athlete being like great at all the things that it takes to be a pro, right? Like, yep. yep. Every NFL quarterback can throw the ball far. Every NFL quarterback can run a little bit, but it's like the elite NFL quarterbacks can like read a defense and like move cover it you know what i mean it's like there's so many things that they have to do and it's, it's every position in every sport it's like yeah, if you were yeah. good at one thing you would never be a great athlete outside of being a sprinter you know what i mean yeah one would think too that pitchers would actually be good hitters because you'd think they could read what pitch is coming right. but <laughs> think they're miserable they well, look like th- one of us up at, at, at if we were to bat well i think that part of it too bad. is like, like half of them are are not trying 
I think they all know that like if they're legging out a single, they're probably the odds of them getting the single versus the odds of them tearing their quad are not in their favor. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's also that they're not trying, but you have to think like it's it's a numbers game again going back to to numbers, but you know, they are batting once every 5 6 games, right? So That's they true get too. up to bat they're not and then as many pitches and, and then you got to think they only get up to bat what twice during that game, right? Yeah. Cuz they're not playing the whole game. So, you know, they just don't see as many and then when they're practicing, they're not going to spend their time in the cage, they're spending their time on the mound. So That's true. You know, they just don't they don't put in the work. So, I'm okay. I I think it'll be a good good rule in the end. I think it'll help baseball in the end. You know, I'm kind of honestly like I'm I'm I've come around to it. it. Like literally in the time that we started this podcast, I've gone from it's a bad rule to like, you know what? I think it's a good idea. <laughs> it's so see it's look, it look at me. It's all it took. I can change. I can I can change my opinions. That's all it took was this podcast. Um yeah. all right, so, you know, season starts July 23rd. Yeah, 23rd. Uh yeah, we'll see if uh we actually get there. I mean, again, we've got like a week. I think we'll get there. What the season will be, time will tell, of course. Like I think we'll get there. I, I think it's gonna happen. I believe. I don't know I why. I think it's I gonna happen. I, I think we're in I think we're in for a treat one way or another. No matter what occurs, we're gonna get something interesting. Yeah. Even though I, I will I mean I will add this at the very end. Like have you seen any of these like preseason, like kind of like inner squad games on YouTube? Like the Dodgers? Yeah, the I've been watching them. Yeah. They're brutal to watch, man. They are so fucking like quiet. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the Dodgers, uh, you know, disclosure that I think everybody's picked up on. I'm a season ticket holder, lifelong Dodger fan. Um, but, you know, they they offered uh, season ticket holder fans first if we wanted a cardboard cutout of ourselves uh, oh, in the really? stands. Yep. I declined. Hilarious. I, I didn't Did feel like paying the money. They were they were a lot more How than much? anybody else. How much? Uh, 300 to be in the, like, blue seats, you know. Uh, the dugout club, okay, and then one fifty to sit field level. Uh, for for um, how many game like per game or like just all one all season all season. Wait, and you didn't pay? Nah, you're out of your no, mind. No. You should. Oh, no, I I couldn't. It's a it's a it's a thing that you don't even know where you're gonna be. You don't get to keep the cutout. You know, I uh, I know everybody action. says, oh come on. You got to do it. It's a, it's a, it's a uh, once in a lifetime experience. I pass. But not only are they doing that, they're also going to start pumping uh, crowd noise in. The crowd noise so. I know about. Yeah. Um, so the crowd know, noise is, to me is a little bit weirder. Well, uh, Corey Seager explained it perfectly. He's like, we need the crowd noise just on a strategic level because we talk to each other all the time, and if there's no crowd noise. Everybody can hear what everybody's saying, and it takes away this, you know, our ability to communicate with each other a lot and mm-hmm. not have other teams basically be like, oh, yeah, he, this is exactly what they're doing. I, I know they'll never do it, but, man, I'd give anything to just have, like, mic'd up players during games. It'd be... I think they'll do more of it. They'll never. It's, you know, it's, but they it's have to be careful what they sports. share. They have to be careful with this. Well, that's but that's what it is. It's the NFL. Like if you've ever seen those NFL mic'd up, you know, segments on YouTube, it's the most edited versions of whatever oh, that absolutely. player said. And that's it's the same like, thing with NBA basketball when they go in the huddle, you know. And it's always you like, think good they job, ever good give, job, good job. Yeah, yeah that's it. Right. Yeah. 
they don't, That's it. They don't ever give these guys anything that matters. What we so. need is that that field. We need the at the line of scrimmage in a football game when like they all get into their stance and like the linebackers are like, "Yo, Brady, I'm gonna fuck you up," and then like the offensive <laughs> linemen are like, "I'll see you in the parking lot." Like one that's, day, one day that's we'll the get shit it. I dream one day. Of. I would. I've said this for years. I would pay, like what I, I don't pay for any NFL Sunday ticket, any MLB package, nothing. I would pay a thousand dollars per season if every game I got to watch, I got like real time player like in the huddle and like on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, on. they just could. They just couldn't do it because no, you've got. Never. It's got you know. There's there's too much that you can't. It's I mean like here here I don't know as much about baseball because baseball is more of a silly game, but like football is a violent game. Basketball is a super competitive game. Like these guys don't like each other, and like they Correct. are saying shit to get a mental edge. And like I understand that, right? It's like you're not a bad person just because you talk trash, but like you can't put a marketable star on television oh, showing no. all his shit talk and then also expect him to be able to get like a shoot. I imagine some things they say oh, it's should not be, be heard. Okay, well, I say we wrap it up with Bernie's Movie Corner. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Okay, so I saw this movie. It's called Junior. It's phenomenal. It's so bad. So you didn't see it, I'm assuming, right? I, the only Junior I know is the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger as a pregnant man. And I don't think that's a movie we're talking about. Well, let me tell you, Vickers, about a very magical man named Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. And Ken is actually his middle name, which I learned from this documentary. I don't even remember what his first name is. It's like something very random. It's like Alex. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, but Ken's his middle name. Same with his dad. Uh, there's this trend in documentaries that I have noticed... Uh, mostly in NFL films documentaries, they'll do um, they'll do NFL will do they call it a football life, and there will be sixty minute documentaries that are very very like boring excuses to show highlight reels of playoffs of of players. And my running gag with the NFL films uh, football life documentaries is that no matter who the player is or what the documentary is about, the theme of the documentary is work hard, <laughs> like. Everyone yes, without fail. Always. Always. Yeah. Work hard. Work hard, work hard, work yeah. hard. This, I believe, this movie, Junior, is comes from a long line of those style of documentaries. It was it is exclusively on the MLB network or available on YouTube, like illegally, but they haven't shut it down yet. Uh, Alright. It is produced by LeBron James. Uh, in case you didn't know that, LeBron James is heavily featured in this Ken Griffey Jr. documentary. Well, who else would be, you know? Right. And, and that's kind of – therein kind of lies the crux of what this documentary is, is it's just like a bunch of stuff that's not quite the point of what Ken Griffey Jr. was. And moreover, it's a lot of inserted LeBron James for no particular reason other than, oh, shit, it's LeBron James. So, like, we just get – so, like, LeBron – so I just want to give you, like, a reference. So, like, LeBron has, like, at least 10 sound bites in this doc, right? Uh, Macklemore, who's from Seattle, right, who grew up or was alive during the Ken Griffey time, maybe 15 to 20 sound bites in this documentary. Uh, well, I mean, who else is an expert on uh, you know, Seattle baseball than right, Macklemore? Than Mac- He's got a song out about Ken Griffey Jr. and, like, the 95 season. Uh, Oof. Ken Griffey's teammates, like, teammates, maybe have, like, 
I mean, they probably have like in total, like like added together, like three more sound bites than Macklemore. <laughs> Which would make sense because so, again, who knows more than Macklemore? Nobody knows more. And like Damn. LeBron pops in and out for like every time Griffey does something that like kind of relates to the concept of LeBron. So like Griffey gets drafted number one overall and LeBron just jumps in just to be like, no, I get it. Like I was drafted number one overall. And it's like, thanks, LeBron. <laughs> like Griffey goes I, to Cincinnati and he's like, no, I get it, man. It's like I'm from Ohio. <laughs> It's so bad. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna let this uh, this doc be be on you. You can watch it, and I'll I'll just learn about it through you. I don't think I'm gonna watch it. It's 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 a joy to like like drink and watch, and it's it's a fun ex- again. It's like it's a fun excuse to watch some Griffey highlights. Um, I just like it's such like it's not. I wouldn't even call it a documentary. Like it's it heavily features his swingman brand, like. Heavily, like uh, everyone interviewed is wearing Swingman. Swingman is like there, there's a lot of shot. You're like, oh, oh, they were a sponsor. Oh yeah, for sure. This sounds avoidable. This sounds very avoidable. Uh, my fa- my favorite part of it, my favorite part, because I'm I'm I've like looked up like Ken Griffey from time to time, is like the number of things that they kind of like avoid or like. I I feel like the point of a documentary is to like feel it to experience it like from their point of view because yeah, like, i can absolutely. watch an old baseball game and see what happened absolutely but like i couldn't tell you like oh man this is what ken griffey was thinking or whatever they never talk about st- like like they bring up steroids for like a minute at the end just to be like and he didn't do them like i think did he the- need steroids no End of story. End of story. Like, what I think is so fascinating about the Ken Griffey story, in my opinion, like, in retrospect, is that he is from an era of two things. Number one, elite stars moving to the Yankees or Red Sox. Like, for, oh, yep. for 10 Absolutely. years, the, like, Jason Giambi's, Aaron Boone's, like, all the yeah, – Alex Rodriguez. All like, those on, guys. Yep. Just the second you were good and you hit a contract year, the Yankees or Red Sox bought you. And in a time of only moving to big markets, he went to a small market. I thought that was fascinating. Number two, absolutely. In an era of steroids, where like clearly, like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Mark McGuire, all these guys clearly roiding up, clearly extending their careers, and and like even the like innocent quote unquote steroid guys who were like they say they didn't do it for performance enhancement, they say they did it to stay on the field, right? For health yep, reasons, absolutely. They say. Yep. You talk about a guy who could have benefited from the quote-unquote innocent use of steroids, it's Ken Griffey Jr., right? Like, no question if you're going to say Completely. that it's, it's to stay on the field. I think that, like, the steroids argument is fascinating. Like, have him talk about Barry Bonds. Have him talk about Mark McGuire. Have him talk about all the guys who, for better or worse, their, like, legacies yeah, are going to overshadow his because of his- steroids. He somehow stayed clean during that era, and I don't think they'll bring it up because he won't talk about anybody else because he stayed, quote unquote, clean. Yeah, you know. And I believe for some he's reason clean because his of all image is clean, and he won't. So I think I think it, for some reason he escaped that judgment, and he should be pretty thankful for it because now no one will ever question if he should be in the Hall of Fame, except but, for that one voter. <laughs> yeah. Who's like, I know you doped. 
I know you did. I know you do. So that's my review. Uh, I would. I know you're not gonna watch it. I found it to be like quite the enjoyable like hate watch, and you get some yeah. I won't watch highlights. it. I won't watch it. It's a but. It's, it's a fun time. You know, maybe maybe you know. I take that back. Maybe on a night when there's nothing on, while we're stuck at home for another eight years, maybe I'll watch it. Because, you know, there's not very many great. Uh, baseball movies, just like there's not many great baseball podcasts, which we're here to uh, hopefully change. Very, like that? very full circle. You like very that? Bring around. You like that? Bring around. That is phenomenal. You're 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 a storyteller at heart, are you not? What can I say? What can I say? That's what uh, that's what I was supposed to do. Well, well, I Bernie. I, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say. I think that uh, you know, I've I've had fun doing this. I hope that people will have fun obviously listening to us and if not bummer we at least like talking to each other so if nothing else we have each other yeah at the end of the day if this doesn't work we always have each other that's right that's maybe that's how we end every episode (laughs) that's that's how we you know what guys at the end of the day at least we have each other at least we have each other so we may fail tomorrow but at least we have each other each other Thanks for listening. Tune in the next time we record. We don't even know how often we're going to record. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But at the beginning, we don't know. <laughs>